Hi, welcome to Notes from a Drama Watcher, a podcast about East Asian dramas, mostly but not exclusively BL dramas. It's part review, part recap, so there will definitely be spoilers ahead. Let's go! Hi, welcome to episode 7 of Notes from a Drama Watcher. This is M. In this episode, we will be talking about Second Chance, Episode 5, the next installment of the Thai series Close Friend, which this installment is called Just Friend, and Word of Honor, Episodes 30 through 33, as well as Episodes 5 and 6 of Nobleman Ryu's Wedding. So we're going to start off with Just Friend, which is part of the Close Friend series. This can be found on the VIEW website, which unfortunately is not available in America, so you will need to use a VPN in order to view it. This episode stars um, the actors who played Leo and Fiat from Thorn Type 2. I don't know that I would call this a BL because they're not a couple necessarily in this episode. The actor, I don't know their names, I'm sorry, I didn't watch Thorn Type, but the actors who the actor who played Fiat is playing a cat called Mojo, <laughs> as strange as that sounds, and the actor who played Leo is playing a human named Sin. It's a very short episode. It's like 15 minutes long. It's just about Sin opening his door one day and finding a box outside his door with a cat that someone has left on his porch, and they've left a note asking him to please take care of the cat because they can no longer care for the cat. And in this box pops up Mojum the cat, but is actually played by the human. And that's what it is in this episode. It's the cat and the human going back and forth, mostly the human who's representing the cat. So there are sound effects here. He's, you know, he'll, he'll open his mouth and there'll be like a meow or a cat sound coming out. It's pretty cute, I guess, seeing someone play, you know, uh, a cat but as a human there's really nothing i can say about this episode you know it's shot nicely the quality of the the film work is good i guess um it's just cute it's just a cute thing to see this actor playing you know a cat and i can't help but think that the actor who played leo he probably wanted to laugh a few times having to interact with this human who's acting like a cat i would have a hard time not laughing but one thing is while i was watching this it, um, it brought to mind immediately something I haven't seen in years, and that is the show Counterattack. Counterattack was a Chinese BL, which I believe got banned. I mean, you can find it on YouTube, I'm sure, but um, it was banned because that was definitely BL. There was no question about it, and they had a couple of specials. The, the show itself was I think like six episodes and then they had a couple of specials and one of the I don't know if it would be considered a special but they made a movie using the same actors and it was called This Summer I believe and that was also with one of the actors playing the role of a cat that one was a longer one that was more than 20 minutes long and it was not cutesy so Just Friend is really cute This Summer was not cutesy I would not describe these actors in that way there is a reason that counterattack was was banned <laughs> uh, nothing happens in the summer because one of them is playing a cat but it's just a different vibe it's a little more of a steamy vibe and not as a happy feel to it especially at the end there's not as much of a happy feel to it as you would find in 
Just Friend. I don't expect that in Just Friend they're going to continue the story in any way. I don't know what more you can add to this. But, you know, if you've got 15 minutes to spare and you are a cat owner, like cats, and will probably recognize some of the behaviors of your cat, um, in this show, it may be something that you want to check out. Next up, we'll be talking about Second Chance, the series, episode five. As I suspected in the last episode, Matong Fa has been in an accident and is hospitalized. I have to confess, it was very difficult for me to watch this episode. Um, if my voice sounds wobbly, it's because I just came from watching it. Um, like many people, it hits a little too close to home to see someone that's sick in a hospital bed. Um, or many people recently, I should say, given recent events. And I have to say, the actor who plays Paper is, this is going to sound weird, he's a terrible crier. And I mean that in the absolute best way. Sometimes you see people in dramas, as he is here, you know, at the side of someone, sitting next to someone in a hospital bed, and they are like the prettiest criers you've ever seen and look absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, they're softly crying or <laughs> they almost sound like they're singing or whatever it is. And he's not like that at all. His eyes are red. He's sobbing against um, Tung Fa's mom. I thought it was great because it, it was very raw. It looked very real. I don't know if he was really crying or not, but it looked very real, at least. He keeps saying like, oh, it's my fault. It's my fault. And I, I think that's a lot of that's a guilt that a lot of people feel when someone they love is is sick or something unexpected has happened to them. And usually it's not the person's fault at all. There's nothing they really could have done about an accident, but there's just that kind of survivor's guilt. The other thing that happens almost right away in the beginning of the episode is Jeno and his sister come to the hospital to visit Chung Fa. She winds up leaving to get paper some food because he's been sitting there. And of course, you know, he's saying he doesn't want to eat and she's like, I'll get you something and it leaves paper and Jeno seated there at Chung Fa's bedside. I spoke about this before in the very first episode where I talked about this show, Second Chance. They have that whole storyline about dating violence with Jeno, and I absolutely love that they are continuing the storyline. Paper and Jeno have a whole discussion about Jeno's asking Paper his advice because he's asking him, what do you do when someone confesses to you? Remember, Chris confessed to Jeno in the school cafeteria and, you know, Jeno was like alarmed and didn't know how to react. And in this conversation that he's having with Paper about what to do when someone confesses to you, he talks about feeling scared. And he talks about the fact that he was assaulted by Arthur, his ex-boyfriend, and about how he's scared of being hurt. And he says, you know, at least if you're alone, you won't get hurt. I... I just cannot express how much I love that they are talking about this issue in a BL drama. And they're not just sweeping it under the rug. It is a central part of the drama. And I I really don't think I've seen this before in a BL drama. I, I said this in a previous episode and then I thought maybe people are misinterpreting what I'm saying because yeah, I've seen one person. We see this in Thai dramas and Taiwanese dramas where someone's like dragging someone down the hallway or whatever by their by their arm or whatever it is. Usually those people aren't dating, which is why I specify the dating violence issue. So that's where I'm making the distinction as something that I have not seen in a drama before. Now, in the scenes that we saw with Second Chance in the first and I think second episode, they already are no longer dating, right? Jeno calls Arthur his ex-boyfriend, but 
it's pretty clear that that's probably not the first time that Arthur acted that way. And this is probably what caused them to break up in the first place is Arthur's anger issues. And I like the way that Geno, you know, you could tell he's intimidated or scared, but he's feels he's at least able to bring up this discussion to Paper, and Paper listens to him. He advises him. I don't know how difficult or easy it is to follow the advice Paper gives, because obviously anyone who's been in that situation is going to be very scared to move forward. But just the fact that he sits there and listens and takes him seriously and doesn't just dismiss his fears is something great to see in a BL drama. We also get to see more of Chris in this episode who is just a confused person right now. First of all, one of his best friends, Chung Fa, is in the hospital, of course, after the accident. He still hasn't figured out what he wants to do for college, what he wants to study. And on top of that is the Geno situation where he's feeling upset that he upset Geno with his confession. And he also still really likes Geno, but of course he understands Geno's situation and he's confused about how he should proceed. Whether he should just completely pull back or continue as he was before letting Geno know that he likes them and everything. I love how this character who in the beginning they seems kind of like a goofball in certain ways is actually a very thoughtful person and someone who treats Geno gently, his gentle with his feelings. Even when he mistakenly tried to railroad him, you know, he realizes he his mistake and he pulls back. And I just think he's really good for Geno to try to make his next steps, whether it's through a relationship or friendship or whatever it is. I just really like that he's gentle with his feelings. They all are. Um, Tung Fa and Paper as well really care for each other and try to take into consideration, you know, they may lose their way for a second, but then they try to take the other person's feelings into account. We also continue the storyline of Nier and M. To me, honestly, this is the weakest storyline on this show. In this episode, Nier is still, ups he's upset about the fact that M knew who he was in the game. He overhears some of his co-workers kind of saying like he doesn't deserve his job. He's not good at his job and he's only there because M is like vouching for him and, and kind of gave him the job and he gets upset about that too, which I feel like there's something I missed or I'm not sure. I'm not sure why he's as upset as he is about M having given him the job or keeping him on the job that he's not doing well at. I'm not sure why he was upset about that. I understand being upset about the game, about M knowing who he was, who he is in real life and not letting him know. I understand that part. I, I'm not quite getting what he's so upset about the job part for. Why would it be M's fault if you're not good at this particular job? But maybe there is some something I missed there. Like I said, this is the weakest pairing I think on the show and it's, it's not one that I'm particularly interested in. So maybe there's just something that passed me by. But all in all, another, you know, good episode. As you can probably tell, I really am enjoying the Geno Chris storyline and I'm interested in seeing more of it. And I like the paper tongue fa storyline. Near and M, I can I can do without. Doesn't matter to me either way. Jeno's sister and her friends were awesome in this episode as well. Defending her brother against Arthur because Arthur's up to his shenanigans again. You know, he scared Jeno at one point when he saw him and it looks like he's up to something. Next up is Nobleman Ryu's wedding, episodes five and six. I believe there are eight episodes in total, so 
I guess next week it's about to finish because they put two episodes out at a time. Uh, it can be seen on View and on WeTV. Again, you'll need a VPN to watch it. I usually set mine to Thailand and that's how I'm able to see them. Episodes five and six were a real improvement over the previous episodes. I'm not sure if there's a different producer or editor or writer involved or, or what it is, but they were I felt a lot better. Episode five was pretty funny. Young is still around. He is the friend of Riho Sun. He's the one who fell in love at first sight with Choi Ki-wan. They're trying to get rid of him because of course Choi Ki-wan doesn't have any feelings for him. And they basically get into like a poetry battle to win Choi Ki-wan's affections. So that was pretty funny. Episode five was a pretty short one again, but, but it was fine. Episode the sister Hua Jin, Choi Hua Jin, appears again. She appears at a moment when Choi Ki Wan and Ruho Sun are really getting along together. They discovered previously that they both like reading. Ruho Sun is, is a scholar. So, you know, they've got this thing in common and they're getting along really well. And then the sister appears. This throws things for a loop because Ruho Sun, now he really doesn't want to be married to the sister. He says like he views loyalty as very important and she's not someone who's loyal. She ran away and she left her brother there to deal with the aftermath of her running off and he's been considering Choi Ki-wan his wife this whole time. And so it kind of ends with, first of all, he says he doesn't want to get married to her, but secondly, asking Choi Ki-wan to decide what their relationship is with each other. I'm not sure if Young, the other friend, is going to show up in the last two episodes because he bumps into Choi Ki-wan his, at his home where he's actually dressed as himself, as a man. And he doesn't recognize that he's the wife, but he just realizes, wow, he looks very much like his sister because of course Choi Ki-wan says, oh yeah, that's my sister when he asks about her. So I'm not sure if he'll reappear again. I remember in the trailer, there was, I think, a letter that Choi Ki-wan had written where he's saying, I'm sorry to Ryu Ho-sun. So maybe he's planning to leave him in the last two episodes and not stay with him. I'm not sure uh, what will happen, but these were two enjoyable episodes, a lot better than episodes three and four for whatever reason. And I'm curious to see what uh, Choi Ki-wan's going to decide as far as this relationship goes. The storyline just seemed a lot more coherent this time around. It wasn't jumping all over the place. Didn't seem choppy. I I'm not quite sure what happened. Did, did someone new come on staff? Did a new producer come in? I, I don't know what happened, but it was just a lot better in these two episodes. And I hope this quality continues in the final two episodes. And lastly, we're gonna talk about Word of Honor. Um, I said episode 30 earlier, but that was wrong. Episodes 31 through 33, since they're showing three a week now. And then next week will be the final week. It'll be episodes 34 through 36. There's actually, um, I read a special episode 37. I'm not sure how Yoku is going to handle that. Hopefully they show it and it's not behind a paywall or something because it's my understanding that that's where our, our happy ending is. But I don't know how what Yoku is going to do for that. Episode 31 sees Wan Cushing rescue Zhou Zishu, who had been sort of being tortured by Prince Jin, and it see sees them get married. <laughs> Just kidding. A lot of people view it as like a, a wedding because Wan Cushing does Zhou Zishu's hair and he takes the hairpin out of his own hair and puts it into Zhou Zishu's hair, which is like an exchanging of wedding rings, I guess. Um, 
that hairpin. I don't know this for sure. This is just my theory since I haven't seen the past uh, episode 33. The glazed armor, which we've like forgotten about the glazed armor, but the glazed armor to open the armory of um, from Healing Valley, it needs a key. Not just the glazed armor is only the lock. It needs a key also. I think that that hairpin is the key. I'm, I'm like almost 100% sure that's going to wind up being the key because we see one Cushing with that his entire life. In all those flashbacks when he's a child, he's got that hairpin in his hair. And they make sure to show it. So foreshadowing, obviously it's very important. I'm pretty sure that will turn out to be the key for the armory. Also, as part of this scene where one Cushing is doing Zosishu's hair, he's asking Zosishu, why weren't you surprised to see me when I came to rescue you? And Zosishu is like, I wasn't surprised. I knew you would come. I didn't know when you would come, but I knew you would come. That just shows, you know, these, these guys know that they're going to be there for each other. Whichever one of them is in trouble, the other one will come for them as long as they are physically able to. Episodes 32 and 33 are very tied into each other. Zozishu is, of course, is recuperating from what he went through at the hands of Prince Jin. And when Cushing's out on his own, Zozishu hears that the leader of the Ghost Valley is being surrounded and is about to be killed and goes looking for Wan Cushing. Everyone appears to be against Wan Cushing. Even Chang Ling is there against Wan Cushing. Shen Chen, the second uncle, sorry, fifth uncle. Scorpion King, second uncle is there. Everyone is there, apparently surrounding Wan Cushing, ready to kill him. And of course, Zozi Shu, as I was just saying, they're always, you know, there for each other. Zozi Shu appears and tries to defend him. And one Cushing winds up apparently dying. And what Zozi Shu doesn't know, what no one told him, and they should have, because it has terrible consequences that they didn't tell him, is that this is all part of a plot, basically. Wan uh, Cushing's way to get revenge. He's still trying to get revenge for his parents, of course, and kind of really to walk away from Ghost Valley. Zozi Shu knows nothing about this. Everyone else, not everyone else, uh, uncle Shen Chen, the fifth uncle, and Chang Ling are in on the plot, as well as Scorpion King and some of the ghosts are in on the plot as well. Zozi Shu doesn't know this. He thinks Wan Cushing has been killed, and worse, like killed by Chang Ling, which of course he's not going to try to get revenge against Chang Ling, right? He's completely heartbroken. He decides to end his life. He doesn't want to live without his soulmate. So he expels the seven nails from his body, which means we learned earlier when he first met Ye Bai Yi, if the nails were expelled from his body, I think it was like his internal organs would, would crush in like on himself and he would die faster. So he's going to die. And unfortunately, it turns out, like I said, it was all a plot and no one had told him about it. One Cushing is actually alive. And one Cushing in episode 33, through a whole series of trickeries and things that he's done with planned out with Scorpion King, he's able to seek his revenge. He looks so happy that he has his revenge. And you can tell Zozishu's happy for him, but Zozishu also just has like a look of devastation on his face. This is where I have to give credit to Zhang Jehan. He does a really good job in this episode of showing how upset he is that apparently all these people knew what was going on and he didn't. And also that one Cushing turned out to be alive and he mourned him, you know, and also the utter devastation on his face, knowing that he has expelled the seven nails and probably thinking to himself, like, how is he going to tell Wang Cushing that he's going to die even faster now, especially since Wang Cushing is so happy that he has, uh, 
attained his revenge that he's wanted his entire life and probably thinking he's going to get to ride off into the sunset with his soulmate. And that's not the case. Unless some miracle happens in the next couple of episodes, it's not the case. We've only got three episodes left. Like I said, I heard episode 37 is the happy ending, quote unquote, but we may or may not see episode 37 if it's behind the paywall. 33 through 36 are the ones that are part of the official series. And part of the Chinese censors is actually nothing to do with the BL, but these gray kind of characters or evil characters aren't really supposed to get their happy ending, right? So really Wan Cushing and Zozushi, really more Wan Cushing, are these gray characters. So they're not really supposed to be getting a happy ending on top of it also being a BL show. I was so heartbroken as I was watching this final episode because I couldn't even feel, I, I felt like happy for Wan Cushing. He was getting his revenge, but I just knew that Sozishu is standing there on the sidelines, just completely devastated about this decision that he made in the previous episode to expel the nails and just knowing how crushed his soulmate was going to be when he found out that this happened because they didn't tell him the plan. It's yet another thing he's probably going to feel like is his fault. I did enjoy the episodes. I do have to say I can actually see now where the budget issues come into play because I feel like earlier episodes, they really had a chance to develop the storyline and the characters and everything like that. These two episodes, I kind of lumped them together because it was so quick. Everything happened so quickly, so rushed. And I think that's this is where we can see the budget issue coming into play that what probably should have been a 40 episode show is a 36 episode show. And now they're having to rush the storyline at the end. It, it doesn't take away from it being acted very well by, by everyone involved and, you know, our happiness for one Cushing and everything, but they probably could have extended it a little more. Uh, we'll see what happens with the last three. I hope they're not feeling as rushed as these two felt, but, but we'll see. It, it's unfortunate, but this show was made and no one really had any expectations for it. And they only had the one sponsor. They didn't have money, so they had to finish it somehow. So even though it's rushed, it's still, it's still okay. It's still a coherent storyline. And just a couple of notes as far as the podcast goes. Um, I'm probably not going to review Fish Upon the Sky anymore. I made it about halfway through episode four and that was about it. Uh, very over the top kinds of humor. Nothing against that, whatever, if that's your style, but it's not really my style of humor. So I don't see myself sticking to any sort of schedule. And so I don't want to commit to reviewing a show that I'll maybe watch sporadically or whatever. Also, for those of you missing the Earth Mix pairing, there's, it came out a few days ago, about a week ago, a little short story thing. It's about 10 minutes long called New Jieu. That's J-I-E-W, the story. New Jieu, the story. And it's with Earth and Mix. Earth is playing someone named Talay and Mix, I'm sorry, Earth is playing Wall. Mix is playing Talay. And it's just a short story about these two guys who become friends and one of them develops feelings for the other and what happens there. I'll let you watch it. I don't want to say more because it's so short, but it's if you're mix missing Earth Mix and I hope we see more Earth Mix. I'd love to see them in another series again. So that is episode seven of Notes from a Drama Watcher. Uh, the next podcast I'm not quite sure yet, but it probably will be dedicated solely to Word of Honor since Word of Honor is ending. I 
did get a hold of episode 37, as I said, that happy ending for Word of Honor. So even if they don't show it on Yoku, I am able to see it. I'll give Yoku its chance first. So even if they don't show it there, I will see it after I've seen episodes um, 33 through 36. And I'll give my thoughts in it as well. The last podcast will probably be kind of an overview of the series as a whole. I'm really going to miss it. And I'm trying to think of what I'm going to watch next. Doesn't look like there'll be any more BL series until I think it was July, um, Avenue X said on her channel. So I still, I stopped watching Guardian to focus on Word of Honor, but I had started watching Guardian all over again. So I'm either going to do podcast reviews of Guardian or go back to Killer and Healer, which is actually what I was watching, what I had started watching before learning about Word of Honor and just dropped poor Killer and Healer after episode, I think I was up to episode three. So I'm really at the beginning of that one. So I could start um, completely with that show. And that would be interesting for me to see because one of the actors in Killer and Healer was supposedly who was supposed to play Zozi Shu originally until COVID kind of messed with, with the filming schedule, messed with everything. And so he couldn't do the project anymore. And that's how Zhang Shehan came on board, which was a very lucky thing. I think we can all agree for the chemistry of the show and just how the fates just aligned for this show in many ways. All right. Thanks again for joining me for episode seven and stay safe, everyone.